For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Isn't that funny now? You say my name. What's my name? I got it wrong, didn't I? Yes. Okay. I think it's the British Australia. It's foreign. In England, they call me Barbara Streisand. But no, I think I said Streisand, I'm sorry. You said with a Z, you had a double whammy. Okay, double offence, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I am fascinated by why my name is so hard to say when it spells sand. Sand? Can you say Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Okay. Streisand. Barbara Streisand? Like sand on the beach, sand. Sand. Let me get it right. Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Jason. Streisand. 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 Equally. Right. Can you say Barbara Streisand? Streisand. Have I got it? Not Streisand. Can you say Barbara Streisand? Sand. Streisand. That's it. He's got Thank it. You. My gosh, he's got it. <laughs> I don't mean to embarrass you. Barbara, thank, thank you. Thank you. I'm Barbara. Edward's poetic. I'm so pathetic that I always have found it best. Instead of getting it off my chest To let him rest unexpressed My name is Bo I hate parading my serenading As I'll probably miss a this ditty is not so pretty. At least it'll tell you how great you are. You're the top. You're the Colosseum. You're the top. Mm, you're the Louvre Museum. You're a melody from a symphony by Strauss. You're a pendulum, a Shakespeare sonnet, you're Mickey Mouse. You're the Nile. You're the Tower of Pisa. You're the smile on the Mona Lisa. I'm a worthless check, a total wreck of love. But if baby, I'm the bottom, you're the top. You're the top. You're my half, my gandy. You're the top. You are Napoleon Brandy You're the purple light of a summer night in Spain You're the National Gallery of Copper Salary You're cellophane You're lime. You're turkey Toy balloon that is faded soon to all. 
there's something I gotta tell you. What is it, Judy? Well, um, you're the top. I am? Mm, you're a Waldorf salad. Oh, no, no, let me say it. You're the top. Me too? That's right. You're a Berlin ballad. Oh, that's nice. You're the nimble tread of the feet of Fred Astaire. Actually, I don't dance very well. You are an only a drama. You're Whistler's mother. Mama, Sorry. you're coming back. Let's see. You're a rose. Ooh, that's sweet. You're Inferno's Dante. That's a very intellectual reference. You're the nose. Watch it. I mean, what, I mean, what? Uh, whoa, whoa, well, whoa. I'm the great Durant. Oh, that's better. I'm a lazy lout who is just about to You're the top. Hello, gorgeous. Hello. I'm going to take this off here. I'm going to remove this from the screen and I'm going to pull up for the full screen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special celebration of Barbara Streisand. Uh, her age is under, I cannot believe that she says that she is this age, because uh, even with a body of worth that she has underneath her belt. Uh, Barbara Streisand, tonight we celebrate you and your body of worth. Thank you for the gifts that you have given to the world and that you will continue to give. When I think of Barbara Streisand, I, of course, am, as I've mentioned in many of the shows that I've done, I am a product of 1960s and 70s television. And I think of that incredible world and how lucky all of us were for those television specials and the excitement that we waited for those specials to come along and the anticipation of each new album and yes, the albums coming out and going to the record store and going to the record bins and waiting for those albums to come out. And how lucky I was uh, when Barbara decided to come back uh, to concert performing. But I am also equally excited because today on our show, I have with us the archivist of all archivists, and that's Matt. And you are muted, Matt, so unmute yourself. Uh, and I reached out to Matt today, who handles the Barbara Archives, and I could not believe it when he said yes to me. Um, <laughs> I was reading a book the other day, Matt, and it, a book on magic, believe it or not. And it said that all magic, uh, the secret to magic is that you ask and you receive. I asked and I received today. So <laughs> I am thrilled that you said yes to being here. And I want to ask you, first of all. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here, Richard. By the way, that song put me in such a great mood. I love that song. Well, I have to give credit where it's due. And she said to say hello to you, Rose Apuzo. She oh, Rose. Picked, yes, she picked the song. And then Jared, uh, who works with me, he put all the clips together. I gave him no input. And he went and did it because we're all Barbara fans. Where Fantastic. did it begin for you? Uh, it all began 
the day I found that from my window, I could only see a piece of sky. <laughs> um, for those who know, um, for Yentl, Yentl for sure. Um, you know, I'd seen her on uh, the ABC Family Night movie, like maybe in Funny Lady or Funny Girl. But when Yentl came out in 1983, it rocked my world. I mean, I was thunderstruck by Barbara Streisand. And um, there's just no going back after that for me. And you just mentioned the record bins. I mean, um, you know, I lived in Atlanta and I would go to all the used record stores and go to the S bin and, you know, look, get, get to the Streisand section. And I, I would just find all these, I mean, there was no internet. So um, I remember when I found Barbara Streisand and other musical instruments, the album, and I was like, what's that? That was a TV show? <laughs> you know, it well, was so I'll amazing. I'll go one step further. I remember yeah. the night that that aired. And I was so oh. excited because I was such a fan of hers. And that's actually one of my favorite television specials. Well, she's in excellent voice. It's a little weird. But <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a weird it's a, show. But Matt, I'm a little weird myself. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so but it, but it, her it and Ray actually, Charles. I mean, you can't go, you can't do, go wrong with that. Ray Charles and Barbara Streisand together. Absolutely, and I mean, but all of those specials and uh, uh, happening in Central Park. But and when uh, she sings, how does the wine taste? And when she, oh. that moment is one of my most iconic moments. We've got, but there are so many fans who have sent clips showing, you know, telling us what she means to them. And I've got a very special interview that we're also going to share today. Um, so uh, you are going to join me. Uh, you're going to be my sidekick today uh, as we go on this journey. I have someone who's waiting in the wings who actually wrote to me because he has a question for you. Because one oh. year from today, you have a book coming out. I do. Do you want I to do. Um, book? I For the last year... I've been writing um, a book, um, uh, a publisher, an independent publisher, Scott Ryan, uh, contacted me uh, with Fayetteville Mafia Press and said I should write about Barbara's music. And I said, well, that's a great topic because it's, you know, even though she's a great actress and I love her TV shows, I think first and foremost for me, and sounds like maybe for you, are the albums. So I've written a book, it's called Barbara Streisand, The Albums, The Singles, The Music. And it's about the albums, the singles, and the music. And I take a deep dive into each album, backstories, and then I do picks. I talk about her signature songs, and I um, have little uh, parts, too, about um, her collaborators over the years, people like Marty Ehrlichman and Michelle Legrand and Peter Matz, her arranger, and just everybody, the Bergman. So, yeah, it doesn't come out for another year, and I still have to write the 2010s and the 2020s but um it's coming something's coming something good that's do you have a favorite moment of any of her television appearances i think when she sings um much more as the opening number of my name is barbara 1965 and when she does this to the camera, yeah. like in the close-up, I mean, <laughs> well, I'm going to bring I die. On, I'm going to bring on Jeff uh, uh, Basil Derby, 
Uh, do you know oh, Jeff? Yes. I do, yes. He wrote to me and he has a question for you, so I'm going to bring him on. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. How are you? The last time I saw you was at a concert. You, you it was the one in Chicago, yes. Was that Chicago? Yeah, yes, yeah. I walked up to you and I hugged you, and I think you were a little, like, I think Sweating? I know somebody's <laughs> about to hug me. <laughs> With Jesse Jackson looking looking at us from the second oh, row. Jesse Jackson. That's when we could hug, and that's when we could go to concerts. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, Richard a asked the two questions already. That, oh, that I was going to ask you. I was really interested. <laughs> that's okay. I was really interested in how it began for you, and you kind of answered that. I thought it had gone a little bit further back than Yentl, but, um, yeah, I can understand why Yentl, why you were thunderstruck. Is that the word you used? I was the black yes. That's I have a black hat too. She was just upstairs. Yes. <laughs> the other thing that I was going to uh, mention was the book that um, I can't wait to come out. And I think when I wrote to Richard, I said it's on my list of things to charge to my Discover card for for this year. So <laughs> I'll be buying that. Believe me. Um, Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, the the only thing that I have is did you already do the people cover album uh the people album cover rather the the details about where it was taken that's in the book um okay. for um for the albums that have you know substantial or iconic uh album covers I do discuss those oh, um, like uh Je m'appelle Barbara uh like people um uh, uh, guilty. I think I discussed that. Uh, Mar uh, Mario Casilli. Um, anyway, yeah. I mean, if it's important and if it's iconic, I usually cover it in the book. For oh, sure. So, Jeff, it's... do you want to stick around, or do are you? Oh, need sure, to... sure. Oh, absolutely. Okay, you can stick around. Uh, speaking of covers, um, the artwork that was used in my promo uh, was done by Ray Martin, and I'm going to start with. Uh, uh, Ray Martin sent a little message for Barbara. So, Barbara, this is for you from Ray Martin. Hi, I'm Ray Martin. I'm happy to be here on the Richard Skipper Celebrate Show. Uh, I'd like to share a special experience I had with Barbara Streisand. Um, my dad took me into New York when Funny Girl opened at the Criterion Theater. It was absolutely magical. It must have been similar for me as it was for Barbara when she went to see Marlon Brando in Guys and Dolls. I remember she said it was life-altering for her. Well, this was life-altering for me. I had never seen anybody like her on film before, and she was just incredible. Uh, seeing Funny Girl Come Alive from the cast album to the film soundtrack to this movie was beyond anything. Uh, I fell in love before, but my love was sealed forever after seeing this film. I went back many times with my mother, with my friends, with my aunt, with my neighbor, Ruthie. <laughs> I made them all fans. Um, but seeing that theater filled with photographs and, uh, all types of funny girl uh, promotional material was beyond special. 
And of course, seeing her sing My Man at the end of that film and watch that audience bust into uncontrollable applause was fascinating. I love that film in 1968, and I love it today in 2022. I only must have been about 10 when I went there. But I wish I could go back in time and see it at the Criterion again. Happy birthday, Barbara. I love you. We can all go back in time every time we see this film. And I was thinking, you know, Funny Girl is opening on Broadway tonight. And I do want to say I do wish everybody connected with this production a successful run. Uh, I never, uh, you know, I know there are a lot of naysayers out there, but I'm all about celebrating. So I wish them all a successful run. Uh, but it's interesting that this show is opening on Barbara Streisand's birthday. You will notice it's not opening on Fanny Bryce's birthday, and it's not opening on Julie Stein's birthday. It's opening on Barbara Streisand's birthday. Uh, not, I don't think it's just a, a mere coincidence. So I also want to bring on um, another uh, celebration. This is from Rose Apuzo, who works with me, and uh, this is her celebration of Barbara Streisand. Hi, my name is Rose Apuzo, and my absolute favorite Barbara moment was being able to take my sister Denise to the 1994 Madison Square Garden concert. It was magic. It was everything we thought. We stood up. When she came around the curtains, we stood up, held hands, and we couldn't believe that we were in the same room as Barbara, breathing the same air as Barbara. And um, I can't thank her enough for when I was 10 years old, turning me on to Barbara, and I never looked back. And Barbara, happy, happy birthday. We love you. We love you. And here's to many more. Mwah. <laughs> it's amazing that with both of them, it happened at 10 years old. Uh, how old were you, Matt? Do you remember that first time that you heard? I was 10. <laughs> 10. <laughs> I was 10. I don't know. I, don't, I, I honestly don't remember. I mean, Yenta was 83 and I was in high school, but I know I heard her before that. I mean, I remember hearing Evergreen on the radio. And, you know, Star is Born was 1976, so I don't know how old I was there. I was 10 years old. 10 years but, old. Know, it was rated R. I was not my parent. I was raised Catholic. I was not allowed to see rated R movies. So I oh, skipped no. Star is Born. Well, I asked you what your favorite moment was. I'm going to share mine. Uh, yeah. This is my absolute favorite moment uh, of any thing that I ever saw Barbara do uh, with everything that she's done. Uh, and I've loved everything. But this is it. And this is from the Judy Garland show. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to uh, show, uh, speaking of 10 years old, uh, I've got a special treat for everybody. So uh, here's Barbara Streisand on the Judy Garland Show. And now I'm very proud and happy to present one of my newest and nicest friends. Beguiled again Simpering Whimpering Child 
not sleep till love came and told me I should not sleep bothered and bewildered am I He can laugh and I love it although the love's I That is absolutely exquisite. <laughs> To me, that is my idea of what habit is. That Richard, is it. On, on a couple of occasions, I've had people who aren't huge fans say, why are you in love with her so much? And I play that clip. <laughs> that is it. That's all you need. That, perfection. Well, perfection. You know, again, and it's still resonating with kids. I mean, if you think we're fans, Matt, you ain't seen nothing yet. Look at this. I, I've got to share this with you. Hi, Barbara. I heard it's your special day, and I just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday on behalf of my family and I and all of your fans. I mean, first of all, I've never met Ava. I am seeing her right now. 
for the first time, her father sent me this this afternoon. And I said, wow. could she come on the show? And here you are. Ava, yeah. um, it's impolite to ask a lady her age, but how old are you? I'm 18. 18, wow. And how old were you when you did this? This, this video? Yes. Uh, like three hours ago. <laughs> no, but, I mean, but the, 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 but the the the, the 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 earlier stuff. So I, my dad actually. So we do these like really elaborate Halloween costumes. We make them exact replicas as to what they are in the movies. So when I was seven, we did Funny Girl. Um, I had the whole dress on. I had the roller skates. I went trick or treating on the roller skates, which gave both my dads a heart attack. <laughs> and um, on a clear day, you can see forever was. Now, did uh, you just say both your dads? Yes, I have two dads. That explains everything right there. Yes, it does. It explains so much. <laughs> and God bless both of your dads. Oh, we love them. <laughs> we love them. I want both your dads to come on this show. Where are they right now? Oh, uh, they're watching from the other room. <laughs> well, get, them, get them on the camera. I want your dads in the room right now. The I've watched that show. <laughs> yes. I love them here. <laughs> so what are your dad's names? Um, so my dad that makes the costumes, his name is Frank Saletti. And he is uh, the director of a show that I'm doing um, at 54 Below. He's coming out now. Um, oh, good. nice. And the other one is Sonny Vukic. And yeah, come on. <laughs> and he is not in the theatrical side of our family, but he is there. I just for a second, I'm not decent. <laughs> you're not decent? Not fit for the camera. I'll okay, that's, that's fine. But uh, So tell us I, about the show that you're going to be doing at, uh, at 54 Below. Yeah, so we actually we have a show card. Um, mm -hmm. I'm performing with uh, the amazing Miss Charlo Crossley. And... We started this, I met her when I was 14, at a benefit um, for, Bra for Barbara. Um, my name is Barbara Benefit in um, Los Angeles. and oh, Which is happening tonight as well. Yes, it oh, is. I wanted to go so bad. I was asked to be in it, and I wanted to be there so bad. But I had. I was asked to be night. there last year, but because oh of COVID, gosh. I was not yeah. able to be there. Yeah, I wanted to be there so bad, but I had prom last night, so I couldn't make it. <laughs> uh -oh. But um, I, you know, I figured that this is. I, Did you I wear your this... on a clear day dress? Oh my gosh, I should have. I should have shown up in that giant headpiece. <laughs> oh my god, I just absolutely love this. Um, I want to talk to you and your dad after the show because I want to have both of you come on the show. I want to oh, do. Whole, I want to do a whole show about. Uh, you, when's your show at Feinst uh, at Feinstein's? Yeah, it's uh, it's May first, so it's next week today. <laughs> okay. So if anyone's here, please come. We sing, we do sing some Barbara. Uh, we sing a lot of Barbara. So if you're in the New York area, try to make it out. So I have a couple of openings it. this week. If you're if you want to come on the show later this week to, do, uh, oh, to promote the show, so oh, I would love to. We'll talk about it later on. So, but thank you so much. Now you. Uh, I also have um, a wonderful, uh, do you know Walter McBride? Walter McBride uh, has had the great pleasure of photographing Barbara uh, on more times than ever. Do you, now, I'm going to ask Matt. Matt, if you don't know the answer to this, uh, check your head at the door. Um, no, no pressure. Yes. <laughs> Barbara's lucky number? Oh, 24. 
24. And Matt uh, went to uh, the 24th Bridge in Central Park today. And here he is. Oh. Hi, this is Walter McBride, huge Barbara fan for decades upon decades. Um, I was asked what my favorite experience was with Barbara, and I would have to say it was being allowed to photograph her in concert, the entire concert, uh, at the O2 in London, uh, set up by Team Streisand, and with super great thanks to Richard J. Alexander. Um, it was truly the highlight of my career and I will never forget it. I wish you a very, very happy birthday. Love to you. Now, um, I know that your book that's coming out, uh, Ava, do you wanna stick around for a bit? Yes. Uh, stick around uh, because I've got a very special treat for you guys. Uh, your book is focusing mostly on her music. Am I correct? That's right, yes. Okay, but we also know that Barbara, is an incredible actress and she's an incredible comedian. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a very special treat for all of you. Uh, so stick around here and let me make sure that I'm pulling up the right clip here. Uh, I think this is it. I wanna pull up the right one. Uh, You're surprising so us so much today. I know, so here it is, enjoy this. And this is Ryan O'Neill. You remember him from Love Story? And um, Peyton Place, Peyton Place, and um, games, and the Big Bounce was one of his bigger hits. <laughs> also this a wonderful Barbara Streisand over here. You remember her from Funny Face? <laughs> uh, excuse me, Funny Girl. <laughs> she spells it without an A. How is that, Bobby? Damn good. I'd like it to be faster. This is San Francisco, the city chosen by one of the most brilliant and sensitive new generation of filmmakers, Peter Bogdanovich, for his maiden comedy effort, What's Up, Doc? Starring Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill. Where are we? I can't see! Well, there's not much to see, actually. We're inside a Chinese dragon. Any experienced <laughs> observer of shooting techniques will quickly sense the utterly new and different atmosphere created on the Bogdanovich set. No more the crass showmanship and slapdash of the old Hollywood. Hello. Hello. Who are you? I'm Peter Bogdan. What's the picture you're making? This little picture we're making today is uh, What's Up Doc? Called What's Up Doc. See what I mean? It goes boom and then it comes back and you don't have to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, what's the word I say? Isn't it action? Oh, action. I can't find my rock. Let's frame the cases. Which ones? Here too, none of the catches catch can do it anyway attitudes of former filmmakers. Print. Here instead is a skilled artist, sophisticated in his craft using the camera as Hyphex uses a Stradivarius. The relationship between star and director is no longer, as in the old days, one of master and slave. Here, mutual respect between the artist director and the artist stars make possible an exquisitely honed response. You must remember this. C minor seventh. A kiss is still a kiss. In a rare glimpse of two artists at work, 
we are afforded an insight into how director Peter Bogdanovich, working with stars Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill, can manage to put these two performers together and create that almost indefinable thing which is most simply described as a motion picture called What's Up, Doc? that you said yes that you could be here you're very busy these days you never stop yourself wow. uh but we want to go back uh to 1972 uh when you got this call that uh to do this uh crazy madcap film called yeah what? um yeah it uh the call and, and the shoot of the film took place in 1971 and it came out in early 1972. now when you first got called for this uh yeah. I mean, the script changed quite a bit. Yes, the first script was by Benton and Newman. And that's the actually the, the, the script that I auditioned with. How did your character change or did it change a lot from that script? My until... character didn't change all that much as I remember. I mean, I think that Buck Henry, who took over the script, did um, a few now this is as I remember it, this long mm -hmm. time ago, tweaks in my character as he did with other things in the script. And I think the major changes were elsewhere in the script. So as you began filming, uh, I mean, were all of your scenes filmed in San Francisco? No, no, only the car chase. go back to you know the beginning of this film and uh you know and we are celebrating Barbara Streisand today and her birthday yeah at the time that uh you started working on this film and at this point in her history uh she of course was known for her musicality and everything yeah and, and I'd seen I'd see her on, on Broadway and Funny Girl uh, had you seen any of her concert work prior to that or any of her television work? I, well, TV, she, I, I saw, well, she, at that time, Judy Garland had a show and she was sometimes a guest on the Judy Garland show and, and, and Judy Garland would ask her to sing. And I think they would sometimes sing a duet. It was quite wonderful. I presume some of that stuff is still available. I don't oh, absolutely. It's all available on YouTube. Anyone can go and look at it. It's all still there. Yeah. Uh, but were you familiar? I mean, obviously, you had seen her in Funny Girl. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the movie of Funny and Girl. And in the movie of Funny Girl, of course. Yeah. Uh, and we all know uh, of her uh, comedy. Uh, but Peter Bogdanovich uh, and Barbara Streisand herself has said 
that as she was working on this film, yeah, she didn't really think from what she was reading that she could not find the humor in yeah. the character and what was happening. Were you aware of that as well? Um, no. I hear I I remember a, the I have a very vivid memory. Um we shot on the on the lot at Warner Brothers. And we had to start shooting, it was very unusual, early on a Sunday morning in um August mm -hmm. at nine in the morning because because we had Madeline Kahn in the movie. Mm, brilliant. And she still had a week to go in a Broadway show with Danny Kaye. She was mm. in Two by Two, the musical by Richard Rodgers. And um, so they flew me out and they, they, they flew Madeline, I guess, overnight after her Saturday night performance. And, and, and Madeline, that was the day off, that, that was the years went on Broadway, the day off was a Sunday. So then the idea was to have, 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 have a first reading early in the morning on Saturday, I mean on Sunday, mm -hmm. and then fly Madeline back so she, she, could, she could play the whole week, the whole closing week, at least the closing week of her contract in two by two. So they put me in a little, little motel around the corner from Warner Brothers and um, they'd flown me out the night before or something. And, um, and I went into a coffee shop there just, you know, around the corner from, from the Warner Brothers lot. And there was Madeline Kahn who introduced herself. And we had breakfast and Madeline was, well, she was scared. She, mm -hmm. she said it's, it was her first movie. Her first film, yes. It wasn't mm -hmm. mine, but it was still pretty early in my film career. And um, so we talked and kind of joked about that, and we made friends. And then we went over, and and the and the reading was at nine a.m. So the reading should be there, and then in the early afternoon they could fly her back all day and evening to New York, and she could she could be in two by two by Monday night. Um. So. Um. We so we we got there. It's the only film that has ever had its first rehearsal early on a Sunday morning on a otherwise <laughs> empty studio lot, and um, um, I mean we gathered around a table to read the script, and Polly Platt was the production designer, and she was married to Peter Bogdanovich, and we stood and so we were at the coffee urn, me and Polly Platt. And Polly said, introduced herself and said, you know, and almost the second thing Polly said to me was, uh, Peter is leaving me. Mm. They had just done this film, The Last Picture Show in Texas, where Polly yeah. also was the production designer. And Peter had met Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> oh. so so, she, just, she just blurted this out to you. Yeah, that's the first thing after hello. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So, wow. Um, so, so, so then we sat down, and everybody. I got the feeling as as the week went on that everybody was very compassionate to Polly about all that, including Barbara and everybody. Um, um, but it was weird because Peter was directing the movie, of course. So anyway, we sat we sat around the table and we started to read, and 
um, um, Kenneth Mars, you know, was in it. Oh, yes. Funny. So Funny. Kenneth, at that first reading of that early Sunday, August morning, was hilarious, as was, as was, as was Kenneth and Kenneth and Madeline, and then other great people who had smaller parts in it, like Liam Dunn, the judge, you know, and all. But but he wasn't on until the end of the read. In fact, he may he may not have even been in the reading. Um, they hadn't brought him on board yet. But anyway, Kenneth Mars in particular, Barbara was howling with laughter, and I think that every time Kenneth opened his mouth, which and uh, so were we all. And um, I think Ryan was getting a little threatened by all this. <laughs> and, 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 um, but, but Barbara, that I, I always thought that was the moment when Barbara was thinking, oh, I'm happy I'm in this movie. Wow. And That's it was the first time I'd ever been in a room with her. I, I, I never, I, I, I never had met her. And um, so then, for about a week, we rehearsed it after, you know, after Madeline. I mean, we would have, have rehearsals of different scenes. And um, I remember there was a little rehearsal of an exchange that, uh, an exchange that, that, that Barbara and I had, and Peter was directing it. And, and, um, and we were playing it. We were really playing. She, Barbara was, and I'm sure still is, extraordinarily easy to act with. All you have to do is take her in and you're you find yourself playing the part and um and peter's <laughs> peter was being very serious you know and as all great comedy directors tend to be as a matter of fact mm -hmm. but, but he was being very serious he said now barbara awesome now it needs to be truthful <laughs> like duh uh, it needs to be truthful, and and Barbara said, "Hey, Peter Austin and I don't work that way," <laughs> <laughs> which that totally must have him over the edge. Totally, well, it, he totally broke the ice. It totally, it was so funny. <laughs> it was so, and was so. Uh, was was that very early on in the shooting of the? Film? Oh, it was. We were still in rehearsals. Okay, we okay. rehearsed for a week. And then, and then, because it's comedy and it requires that, you know, thing. And um, um, so, that, yeah, as I remember, at least for the first few days, we may have begun to shoot at the end of that week. But I, my impression is we rehearsed all those scenes for the whole first week. And but, then the next week we started to shoot. Something like that. But there were extensive rehearsals. Was it because of the fact that this was such a slapstick, uh, and it was such a throwback to films like, uh, you know, uh, Bringing Up Baby, that, uh, and was it because it was that type of a film that they gave you the freedom to have that kind of a rehearsal period? Yeah, because, yeah, and as you say, it was explicitly patterned on those great Howard Hawks comedies. I mean, those would be referred to. In the yes, of course. And um, I, I only saw some of those after we had made the film, but the uh, including bringing up baby, but which of course is magnificent, and his girl Friday and all those. But um, and then somebody, not long after that, 
a few years after that, gave me a biography of Howard Hawks, which is, I forget who wrote it. It's, it's, it's a brilliant book. And there are long descriptions in it of how he would shoot things like His Girl Friday and these scenes with the rapid fire dialogue and just rehearsing it over and over again because it had to be like precision. And um, he would certainly do a number of takes, but I think he also did some heavy rehearsing of it. And Peter at that time was very inspired by mm -hmm. um, the directors of that era. And I mean, and he, he, made, he made no bones about it. And the Howard Hawks movies were referred to and how they rehearsed and how they, they not only rehearsed, they like drilled it. And then, and of course the, and, and then oh, some of the group scenes in What's Up Doc, that scene where we're all around the table in the restaurant. Hey, what's going on down here? You two just can't keep away from each other, can you? <laughs> oh, we're just talking. Are you all right, Mr. Larry? Can I help? No, I'm fine. We were just chatting. Uh-huh. What's going on? Anything wrong? No, no, no. Just testing a theory how it has about vocal reverberation under spinal pressure. What? Vocal reverberation under spinal pressure? <laughs> you know, VRUSP. Oh, oh, of course. Yes, I think I read a monograph on that. I was just, I, I will say this, uh, Austin, I never get tired of that film. And every time I see it, I still laugh out loud uh, at the absurdity of this film. And it is just so brilliantly put together. Uh, I want to ask you, as uh, as both a director uh, and as an actor yourself, mm -hmm. uh, you never know what the uh, ultimate outcome of any project is going to be. That's true. But as you're working on this film, uh, and this, it's such an ensemble film, but were you, at any point, uh, did you feel that it would have the ultimate success that it was going to have? Oh, it was so hard, such hard work. And doing comedy, I've never done a comedy quite like that on film. I mean, I've done other comedies. But, um, and of course, on a film set, like nobody laughs. It would ruin the take, you know? And um, so you, all you're into, particularly in this film more than any other movie I've ever ever made, you're just obsessed with the drill. And like that scene around the table, we did it over and over and over. we could not do it fast enough to just make Peter happy. We would be talking rapid fire. And he didn't want to do any close-ups. So if somebody blew a line, the whole thing had to be shot over again. So part of the electricity of scenes like that is, I'm sure all of us, including Barbara, including everybody, were thinking, oh, don't let me be the one to screw up the steak. Don't let me be the one. Because then we'll have to start all over again. <laughs> and and um, so we did take after take after take. And I remember one take, we were going at the speed of light. And at the end of the take, Peter said, cut. And then he said, now it's got to go faster than that. And everybody <laughs> practically had a collective nervous breakdown. And, um, but, Bar but Barbara, in the whole shoot, and certainly in those group scenes, was one of the gang. I mean, there was no, there was no hierarchy on that set. It wasn't there are the stars, and then there are the feature players. And in fact, between 
shots, like you, you do take after take after take of a shot, and then finally Peter would be satisfied. And then we would all sit. This was all in inside in, inside a lot in the you know in the. Um, uh, we would we wouldn't go outside or anything. We and and Barbara's trailer was right there inside the the lot, um, and um, the, the trailer was inside. So we would all sit around, and it was the early '70s. So all those new therapies were in vogue right then, EST and uh, oh, all kinds of ones. And we would all sit in a semicircle and talk about those with great intensity. And we would talk about Ingmar Bergman movies. Barbara's ex-husband, with whom she was still on good terms, Ellie Gould, had just made a movie for Ingmar Bergman. And I think B.B. Anderson was the main woman in that. And Barbara kept saying, oh, God, I would love to learn to act like B.B. Anderson. And we would talk about this and pick about all of us as a group, pick apart those performances and how they were created, and then go back to doing a scene from What's Up Doc. But the um, but part of the reason What's Up Doc works is because everybody was that serious about it. And um, and then also um, one time one time my wife came over with a friend of of ours who lives in LA, whom, whom my wife had gone to Northwestern with. And Barbara, and, and he's Greek, and Katina, my wife, is Greek. And Barbara came out and said, okay, I want to learn how to do Greek cooking. She came, she overheard us talking, and she came out. So one whole day off during the time of the car chase scene where we weren't required, just the stunt people in San Francisco, Katina spent the whole afternoon teaching Barbara to cut, cook Greek food. <laughs> and Barbara kept asking about our relationship, apparently. And then, um, and then that evening in her hotel suite, just a handful of people were invited. Um, and, um, and we devoured this fantastic meal. But see, all this is, she was like that. She is like that. And um, then, um, but, but I mean, the set was such, it, such hard work that we had no idea what, and then when I saw a screening of it about four months later, it all looked so effortless. It, absolutely. It was not, it didn't feel effortless in the making. It felt like really hard stuff. And then 24, and then so we didn't know how the movie was going to turn out. And then it turned into what it turned into. 20, and then I would run into her occasionally. And um, 24 years later, she wanted to have a meeting with me about The Mirror Has Two Faces. Yes. And she said to my, to my agent, could, could he come at the end of the afternoon, at the end of the day when I'm seeing people so we can have a little time? So I went in and there she was. And I hadn't seen her in years and years. Her first words were, you remember what a piece of shit we thought that What's Up Doc was going to be? <laughs> first words. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We could do a whole thing on first words, Barbara says. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That's so very interesting. I, I want to ask you, um, from both a director's point of view, 
uh, and from an actor's point of view. Mm -hmm. um, because we all, those of us who are the fans of Barbara Streisand, yeah. and we see the brilliance of what she gives to an audience. I have been fortunate enough to see her in concert so many times, and each time she delivers 150%. I'm sure Even walking across the stage, there's some spark that she has. Oh, totally. That is just- The only time I've ever seen her live was seeing her in Funny Girl. Well, I, I mean, it's just- And her first entrance in Funny Girl was staged by Jerome Robbins right at the beginning of the show. He had taken over the show on the road because Barbara, one of the other directors, fired. This was, she, she'd never been a star on Broadway before. She demanded the other director, who was a man of considerable repute, fired, and she wanted Jerry Robbins brought in. So they brought in Jerry, who was just about to do Fiddler on the Roof, which we went into rehearsal with maybe two months later. Mm. And so I went with a friend to the matinee of Funny Girl on Wednesday. It was opening on that Thursday night. And the curtain rose and everything was quiet. And a woman from, from house right, the house from the right side of the house, but on stage, a woman just walked across the stage in profile. And then almost all the way across the stage, she encountered a person started talking. And that person was Barbara Streisand. Mm -hmm. I still see her emerging from the backstage and just, and she's in profile and looking at the floor. And I still remember that. This was in March of 1964. <laughs> but I, I want to ask you again as a director and as an actor if you can put into words if possible what it is that what it is the experience is like for you playing a scene with her and what is coming back and forth it, it could it the only thing that I could possibly think of is a great chess game no, it's simpler than that. I had a great, I had three great acting teachers, Uta Hagen and her husband, Herbert Berghoff, who taught in the studio where I, I now teach. And I just teach what I learned from them and what I learned from the third teacher, who was Robert Lewis, um, familiarly known as Bobby Lewis. Mm -hmm. He, I was in a thing called the Lincoln Center Training Program for eight months, where he was the t acting teacher. And his mantra, and this is what Barbara does, his mantra was talking and listening. And that's what she does, Barbara. She talks to you and then she listens to you. That's what he's like. That's what that's true with any any really fine actor that you can, but that's it. There's no other secret. But she really does it. She really talks to you in the dialogue and she listens to you. Not she's she's not listening to her idea of how you should be doing it. She's listening to you, mm. and that's what he said. And that's what it was like in the mirror has two faces too. And 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 I imagine that's what it's always like. Wow. So when was the last time you saw her? In person? Oh, years and years and years. Yeah. So hopefully she's going to see this. So what message would you like to say? I'm going to actually leave the screen 
to give you the final word to say uh, your birthday greeting to Barbara. I do want to thank you, Austin, for being here because I know you're very busy. And, uh, uh, you know, and how's everything going with the minutes right now? Uh, oh, it's a hit. Yes. It, it opened at the beginning of the week and it got good reviews and now it's a big hit. Yes. So thank you for being here. Uh, and uh, I'm going to leave the screen so that you can give Barbara your birthday uh, greetings. And uh, and I hope to see you in the minutes very, very soon. And well, I'd let love me to know when you do that, okay? For a full hour. Can we do that? What? I would love to have a full hour with you at some point. Uh, uh, the way we're having the half hour yes. now? Yes. Sure, I'm, I'm very happy to do that. Okay, I'd love to do that. So uh, I'm going to give you the screen uh, for yourself. And thanks again, Austin, for being here today. Thank you, sir. Happy birthday, Barbara, and thank you for everything. Thank you for enriching my life, and not to mention the life of uncounted numbers of other people, but thank you for enriching mine by being able to work with you. Professor Gregory Larkin found meaning in mathematics. You think he's straight? Oh, yeah. He's too boring to be gay. But his relationships... <laughs> Can I call you sometime? ...never added up. Sex ruins everything. I just want to share my life with someone. Someone I'm not sexually attracted to. Professor Rose Morgan understood the human heart. The question is, why do people want to fall in love when it can have such a short shelf life and be devastatingly painful? But longed for a storybook romance. Why? Because we all want passion in our lives and, and romantic love. Hi. Oh, hi. Uh, I saw you pass by. Yeah, I was just passing by and... Uh... This is Gregory Larkin. Rose, who's on the phone? Be quiet. I'm sorry. No, not you, not you. Who's calling? Gregory Larkin. I thought you were going to wear makeup today. What's the point? I'd still look like me, only in color. You need a therapist. I'd like to know what your intentions are. I'm not interested in sex. Does anybody want coffee? I can't believe you've been dating for three months and you haven't even kissed. How do you say hello? <laughs> From the director of The Prince of Tides. Gregory just proposed to me. Do you need a Valium? The story of two people. Sometimes I swear he feels something too, I'm just not sure. Who thought they had found the perfect relationship until things got complicated. Would telling you now that I'd like sex tonight be enough of a warning? Having sex now will ruin everything. That wine, it made me warm. I can fix that. It's okay. You're a very sick man, you know that? You know, Rosa. Ah! Oh! 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 Ah! Barbara Streisand. I want to feel passion and heat and sweat and madness. I, I want it all. Jeff Bridges. It's not based on passion, although I feel that, or lust. Although, I feel that. And Lauren Bacall. You really love him, don't you? No matter what you have to do, don't lose her. The mirror has two faces. Mm. Hi, my name is Rose Apu. Wrong one. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, Rose, uh, Rose popped in there again. Here's another one right Happy birthday, Barbara. One of my favorite memories is seeing you live in concert six times 
including once in 2006 in Philadelphia when you opened the um, concert with the song Starting Here, Starting Now, which is my favorite song you sing. And it was incredible to hear it live. Um, and I just am grateful for all the entertainment you brought us. Happy birthday. Happy 80th birthday, gorgeous. Lance Carp here. So my first barber experience is when I was five and I'm 61 now. My mother used to play your music and that hypnotic voice just got me. And I've been hook, line and sinker ever since. And now I've been thinking about all that you mean to me and what you mean to the world. We need your voice now more than ever. So I pray to God and all the powers that be that you are given abundant, amazing health. We need you on so many levels. Thank you for what you have meant to me in my life. You were always there in good times and in bad times. And I simply adore you. There's nothing else to say. Much, much love. Happy birthday. Wow. She's touched all of our lives. And uh, you know, I, I do want to mention all of you who have tuned in today, and I do want to thank everybody. I want to thank Matt and Jeff and Ava and everyone who sent in the tapes and everything today. Um, you can see on the bottom of the screen uh, the Jewish Federation of Greater uh, the um, for the Ukraine. If you can make a donation of any amount, any amount, uh, please do this on behalf of Barbara. Uh, this is the charity of her choice. And this is our giving back to Barbara uh, and to the Ukraine uh, to show our appreciation. So uh, if anyone, uh, write down the uh, link that's on the bottom of your screen now. Uh, I'm gonna start with you, Ava, and then Jeff, and then Matt, uh, and then we're gonna end uh, with Barbara having the final word today. Uh, normally I say the final word, but today it's gonna be Barbara's. Uh, and uh, again, uh, I thank you all for being here. Uh, and uh, I'll start with you, Ava. Hi. Um, so I'm so sorry. So my like, anything you want to say about what Barbara means to you? Uh, yeah. Just a message to anyone who's watching right now. Anything. And uh, your show is sold out, by the way. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so happy that I could be here. And I hope, Barbara, if you see this, I hope you have the best day. And, you know, I have loved Barbara since I was a child for as long as I can remember. My family and I have been singing uh, her songs and have been watching her movies and doing her costumes. And it's such an honor to be here. And I'm so excited to hopefully see you again. And yes, please donate um, if you can. The link is down there, so please do that. And I know I will. And yes, I hope you all have a great day. Thank you, Ava. Uh, Jeff? Oh, well, the same thing, really. Um, I've been an admirer of Barbara's probably since 1970, but I was aware of her in 1962 when I was about six or seven. She was on the Ed Sullivan Show, and my father, who was born and raised in Brooklyn, went to Brooklyn College. He said, when they, when Ed introduced Barbara, he goes, my father said, Streisand, Streisand. I wonder if she's related to Manny, my old 
fencing coach, Manny Streisand. And I still don't know. I think that it's her father. So if that's true, her father was my father's fencing coach. <laughs> so there's a connection. I like six degrees of uh, separation of Barbara. So, so there's two things I'm really looking forward to besides uh, a happy year. One is Barbara's autobiography, which I don't know when that's coming out. Matt will let us know. The second thing is Matt's book, because I love your attention to detail, Matt. And you're just like, I've, I've read it before. You're the go-to guy for anything, Barbara, if you want to know a fact or when something, I love to know the recording dates for some reason. I like to know what date she recorded something. But um, 80 is just a number. Uh, I can't believe that it's 80, but um, I've loved your work, Barbara. I love your politics. I love your your character. You're a real mensch. So happy birthday. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. And Matt. Well, I'll say happy birthday, Barbara. Um, I'm such a huge, huge fan, and I love your talent. I love your generosity. You're so pretty and so sweet. You are ageless, and you are evergreen. Um, I was writing about that song the other day. Um, I think when I think of evergreen and when I think of Barbara, uh, the dictionary definition is enduring, and Barbara is enduring. And um, to all the fans out there, you know, who like to dig deep like I do, you know, go to barbara-archives.info and click around. There's lots to learn about her incredible uh, decades-long career. And um, thank you for having me, Richard. This is great. I was, I'm so impressed. And your sizzle reel at the beginning, like there's other interviews I want to watch. I'm going to dig deep into you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, but did you say... Evergreen? I did. I think that's the way to close. Barbara oh. is evergreen. This is for you, uh, Barbara. Enjoy. <laughs> Love fresh as the morn 